writing becomes this this uh, multi-purpose tool for you right. when you're when you're writing. And then once you start building a company, writing is our most uh, most used form of communication mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. especially now that so many teams are working remotely. And even if your team's not remote, you have suppliers who are remote or subcontractors yep. who are remote. Your customers are remote. Right. So much of our, our life is spent writing. Mm-hmm. And it actually makes you think like if you're, if you are a, a founder and your job is to, uh, to build relationships and sell customers and to lead your team, and you're writing every single day, why aren't you investing in the skill to write more clearly, build more empathy for your readers, and um, you know, work that muscle of, of saying what needs to be said even when it's hard. Right. And I, um, it's, the tool, it's a tool you use every single right. day. Hello, hello. How's everyone doing? Thanks for tuning in to the Undefeated Underdogs podcast. I'm your host, Sharad. I'm actually excited to bring this guest today, uh, his Ben Putano, who's like a like a writer, publisher, and a founder. You know, he's a man of many things. I'm stoked to actually talk to you, Ben. Welcome to the show, by the way. Uh, hey. Stoked to stoked to talk to you about like a lot of things. I have prepared notes for you. Uh, this episode, I'm going to cover a lot of a lot about like how to become a writer, and you know how to publish a book. Like for folks who are looking into that, uh, because you know one of my goals is to like publish a book. Uh, in the next 10 years, I guess. Uh, so yeah, let's get into the conversation. Ben, welcome to the show again. Uh, how are you feeling today? Thanks, Sharath. I am feeling great. It's a had a good weekend. Uh, I am excited about the work I'm doing. Uh, excited to finally talk to you. Congrats on selling uh, shoutout.so, by the way. Oh, thank you. I appreciate need, it. need to give you props for that. That's awesome. That's a huge win. I bet it feels great. Yeah, it, it yeah definitely. I think it's it's one of those things I want to do last year. Uh, one of the goals I want to like achieve. Uh, but yeah, it, it turned out well. It was a struggle, but uh, at the end, it all it all turned out well for me and my co-founder. So uh, appreciate everybody for for supporting and being on the sidelines and like you know encouraging us to do what we did. But all right, it's a, this sounds about you. So. <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat, I wanna, I wanna, I want to like you know start off asking you. Uh, you are a writer, and you're also like you just said before we went, we hit record. You, you publish books. Tell me about like uh, the process of writing. Let's let's get into the publishing later because I think that's that's something like you know a lot many people have questions about. But you wrote this book called Great Founders Write, which is the title itself is so amazing. And I, I'm I'm personally fond of uh, founders who write. And I think Naval said this like many times, you have to sell, you have to build, you have to write, right? Like three things that are very important for a founder to excel uh, and beat the competition, for example. So tell me about it, like how did the whole uh, book came into the picture? Yeah, well, I started my career in content marketing. I worked for a small startup doing sales and then uh, doing uh, writing a bunch of big like how-to blogs that grew that company's SEO. And that evolved into a freelance content marketing business and then a small content marketing agency called We Content. Mm-hmm. And in this company, uh, we specialized in... Uh, like executive ghostwriting and uh, blog content for tech companies and startups. 
And during that experience, I had this realization that um, was actually it's best summarized by this amazing quote I came across from a uh, writing professor named William Zinser. Mm -hmm. Uh, The quote is, uh, clear thinking is clear writing. One cannot Mm. exist without the other. Right. And that just summarized the work I was doing with these founders and with their companies. I was really just taking all their incredible ideas and distilling them into a clear message. Mm. And uh, when I uh, moved on from the publishing, or when I moved on from the content marketing agency and decided to write my own book, I knew Mm -hmm. that was the core message I wanted to target, helping founders clarify their message, grow Mm -hmm. their audience, which will ultimately grow their business. And Mm -hmm. I hope, you know, for for founders who are building big things, help change their corner of the world too. Right. I love what you said, clear thinking results or, you know, helps clear writing. And, you know, uh, it's so true that if if your thoughts and if your if you what you're thinking is not up to the clarity i feel like you know what you write is it's going to like you miscommunicate a lot of you know uh the thoughts you put in and why why writing like you know before even going into the content marketing what did you do before if you want to like you know if you go back uh in what made you like writing wow yeah this is where i want to like stick i wish i could tell you Sharad. i don't know i i grew up loving books I grew up writing. I was really lucky in junior high. I grew up in Ohio and Ohio has this amazing program called power Mm -hmm. of the pen, which is a creative writing competition Mm. for middle schoolers. You are literally on like this writing team and you go and compete. It's like, it's kind of like mathletes, but for writing nerds instead. And so I had an opportunity to do this. Um, but funny enough, like I fell out of love with writing in high school and college. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that was like the entrepreneur in me coming out, not wanting to follow, you know, mm-hmm. other people's uh, rules, wanting to question why I was even, you know, reading Beowulf in the first place and mm-hmm. let alone wanting to write a, a thesis on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, after college, uh, I graduated with a degree in communications. I um, It was just like the natural step for me. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Right. And writing was always that thing in my back pocket that I I felt comfortable doing. And I didn't even realize I was a writer for like the first two or two years, probably after starting my content marketing right. business. It was, it, it was even a, it was like a cognitive leap I had to make to even describe myself or identify as a writer. So it's right. been a journey that's always been a part of my journey, but in some ways it's also relatively new for me, which I think it's relatively new for a lot of people to identify as a writer and make that part of their work. Yeah. So the, the follow-up question I have is how do you identify as a writer? You know, I think given in, in the age of 2023 and like right now we, we are in the peaks of the internet, like I, I guess, right? Like there's the boom in the creator economy, the boom in, you know, startups just in general, everybody wants to like at least become an entrepreneur. Uh, so there are like some signs when it comes to certain identities, right? Like if you want to build something, you you, you're, you're a problem solver, for example, or uh, you just love uh, tinkering products or using products, you know, for that sake of conversation. With writing, and I, many people write these tweets with social media, right? They have like personal blogs. And what is something that, in your opinion, that people should look into like, okay, you know what? I can become a writer. I can publish books. 
uh, or I can like write big, big ass articles or blog posts. And I can do this on a consistent basis. And there is like an identity based thing, which, you know, James Clear mentioned in his book, Atomic Habits, which I believe in, like I'm a writer, I'm a writer. And you kind of like, you know, cast small words towards that identity and you become a writer at the end of the day. But I want to understand uh, from you, like I said before, what are some qualities people should look in, look within to identify themselves as a writer? Sure. I think the first most important quality is curiosity. If you're not mm -hmm. curious to learn, it's going to be hard to write anything that's meaningful. Uh, even That even applies for freelance writers. If you're writing for somebody else, mm. uh, I think I made a good content marketer because I just got engrossed in the topic, whether that was, uh, you know, writing about, you know, prop tech, you know, re, you know, real estate technology or writing right. about, you know, uh, you know, courtroom stenographers. There's, mm. you have to be able to dig deep and find the, the curious kernel in anything you write about, cause that's going to dig you deeper right. into it. Uh, and that leads to the other big, I think, uh, I guess, touch point in terms of the writer's identity. All writers are doing, going back to that William Zinser quote I shared, writers are taking big ideas mm -hmm. or they're taking a combination of big ideas and then distilling them mm. in a way that is clear, in a way that is empathetic for the reader, mm -hmm. and in a way that's courageous. In other words, they're saying something that needs to be said, even if it's hard to say. Mm. So if you can do those things, if you can be curious and then if you can spend the, if you can focus and spend time on distilling big ideas in right. a way that's clear, empathetic, and courageous, you're a writer. If you're doing that, you are a writer. Nice. I love that. And you said like, okay, there are like lots of forms of writing. Like how did you test and trial and test? Like say many people read sci-fi, for example, or many people read novels. I love like, sci-fi. Like different, different set of things and not just like business books. How do you uh, find the genre or the niche? Like, is it is it based on uh, the folks you hang out with, like, or you're based on interests? Like, mostly interests I know from high level. Mm -hmm. But how do you say, yeah, I'm a writer. I've have I have curiosity. I have like this empathy, and I have this emotion. I want to like convert into uh, words and mm -hmm. express myself. So all that is good. Like how one, how should one fix like, okay, this is where I want to like, you know, focus fully on whether it's sure. like, whatever it is. I mean, I'm sure there's a way to quantify like the most, you know, the biggest opportunity in your niche, if you really just wanted to be a mercenary, but I would just ask, what do you read? What are you reading mm -hmm. right now? What's mm -hmm. piquing your interest? Because that, again, going back to the, the point on curiosity, you need to be inherently curious about it. Right. I have just happened to always, you know, ever since I took a, a course on entrepreneurship in college, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to, mm -hmm. I always wanted to create things. I want to create businesses. Mm -hmm. I want what, people organizations. Right. So that is what drew me to work with tech startups, you know, as a content marketer. Mm -hmm. And it's what has drawn me now to publish books for entrepreneurs and founders by founders. Mm. Um, and, but you know, and you, you asked, uh, about other niches. I, I mentioned, I love sci-fi. I love sci-fi. I, you know, maybe there's, there's a day that I, I, I get into some sci-fi that is just a completely different piece. It honestly terrifies me. So I think <laughs> maybe, maybe another part of this answer is, uh, you know, find something that feels, uh, 
you know, realistic mm. um, or so, something that um, feels like is, is doable. But I mean, I know, I know plenty of people who've, who've dug, who've jumped right into sci-fi. Um, right. So really I think the answer is follow your curiosity and, um, and find the people that you like writing about and writing for. Nice. It's kind of like, you know, in a way uh, I can relate it to uh, like startup building, right? Like exactly. How, can, how, how do you build a startup? The question to that, the answer to that question is, you basically solve your own problem and right. you basically like, you know, find people like your friends and share the idea with them, build something for them and, you know, iterate. I feel the same way writing is more of like you, you write something that like really, really like, you know, ticks your mind and maybe a couple of friends and share it with them. It's kind of like, I think mm -hmm. overall, I feel all of these things have uh, a similar process. Like it should start within. I love that. Uh, let's talk about, Okay, you're a content marketer. You did like a bunch of things. You helped founders, right? I think, you know, and you, you founded this company called Damn Gravity. Like, talk talk to me about that. What is, what is it about? It's about, you said about publishers book. Talk to me about how you got into that publishing world. Uh, what is like, you know, what made you go there? Sure. Uh, Damn Gravity as a name is kind of like a personal mantra of mine. It, to me, it means like defying the odds. Mm -hmm. I heard someone say once that the status quo has a pull as strong as gravity. Mm. And uh, status quo has always been something I have, I have tried to change in, you know, where I, where I see it needs changing. And that's the exact, uh, those are the exact type of books that mm -hmm. I want to help founders make status quo defying books, mm -hmm. you know, gravity be damned. So Damn Gravity... <laughs> is a uh is a publishing company we have uh our first book was uh stop asking questions by andrew warner who's mm -hmm. the founder of mixergy and that's a book about high impact interviewing for mm -hmm. anybody's podcasters but but really anybody who wants to learn from other people nice fantastic book nice. and now we have three more books um on the docket to come out in 2023 a book about community led mm -hmm. growth a book about nice. uh product management and mm -hmm. then uh, our newest book which we haven't announced yet uh is going to be um in the uh the tech space i'll i'll share more when i can yeah but for sure. um but our uh our our focus is not just publishing the mm -hmm. books but also helping our authors build uh their audience right. and uh, create a platform that grows uh, their personal brand and their company brand. Right. And I'm just curious about the whole process because again, I have no clue. I'm just asking more of like a, like an amateur, you know, just from sure. an audience standpoint, like a third person, how the, how did the whole process go from like, let's say I want to write a book, you know, for example, I've built an audience, I've built this SaaS product, I've built community. I have like this really, really like, you know, specific, knowledge I acquired by doing like firsthand, you know, experiments. So if I come to you, what, what was like the first step you do? Uh, and how do you go from there? Yeah, great question. So, you know, in the nonfiction world, there are, there are a few like high level genres for books. There's like history books, you know, nonfiction. There's also memoirs, a story about your life. There's biographies that are similar to memoirs. But the books that I am most interested in uh, before I say that, I guess there, there's uh, there's how-to books. Like if you want to build a website, there's you can find a book on how to build a website. Right, right. How to build a website on Webflow. How to build a website on WordPress. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. But the books I'm most interested in writing are 
big idea books, books mm. with a really compelling thesis that, again, mm. going back to the name Damn Gravity, are in some way challenging and trying to defy that status quo. Mm. To, for example, uh, Atomic Habits. Right. That idea is so, if you think of it, it's so like, for us, it's, it's, it's obvious now, but mm-hmm. it wasn't before <laughs> that these little, you know, 1% better daily habits could radically change your life. That mm-hmm. was, that's a huge idea. And yeah. it wasn't really that obvious to, right. to people. Um, the idea, I, I'm a big fan of Ryan Holiday's work too, and he is a mm. master of pulling out these big ideas from ancient uh, ancient philosophies, Stoic philosophy. So right. the obstacle isn't the ch- isn't something to avoid. The obstacle is the way, mm. the way through. Mm-hmm. So every big idea book is built on a thesis, a mm-hmm. unique insight into your world. I could sure. use damn grab, I, I, I'm sorry, I could use my book as, the example, you know, I had this insight from my content marketing work that great founders are also prolific writers cool. in a lot of cases from Tim Ferriss to Oprah Winfrey to Benjamin Franklin. Right. It goes on Jeff Bezos. It goes on and yep. on. These examples of great founders who uh, found clarity and leadership and courage mm-hmm. and um, and innovative ideas through the power of writing. Mm-hmm. So that's the first step. It's finding that big idea that you want to build upon and that's called a thesis it's Mm -hmm. this idea that is uh counter to the norm Mm -hmm. and then from there uh just like any argumentative essay or blog post you're going to write you're going to find your arguments you want to make some you want to make some rational like you know research-based arguments you want to make some personal anecdotal arguments Mm -hmm. and you also Mm want to appeal to the emotions of your audience uh sharing um, sharing stories, mm. sharing uh, what their life could look like if they really embrace this big idea. You know, for example, again, Atomic Habits, your life could be radically transformed. You could be that person you've always wanted to be if you just right. get 1% better every day. Right. That is the type of, uh, that is the type of message that you're going to find throughout, the, uh, throughout a big idea book. Mm-hmm. I love that. So we, we... Do you help others to, or founders, for example, like, you know, to help them pick that thesis, to help them like do with the research? Like, what is the process like, you know, if you want to share uh, with sure. the listeners? Yeah, you know, so <laughs> I feel like I kind of lucked out a little bit in, in who I chose uh, as like, uh, as like the type of authors I want to work with, because founders are, are, are really, really good at having a thesis. Like, that's mm-hmm. what we build our businesses on. Uh, right. Going back to your point, Sharath, about about writing and startups being similar. Mm-hmm. Every great startup is built on a thesis, a counterintuitive True. big idea. Right. So a lot of my authors come to me with a great big idea already. Mm. But in some cases, there, it needs to be refined. So the book mm-hmm. I'm currently, you know, that we're, I'm actually going through the positioning process for our latest book right now. Mm. And I'll just share generally, you know, they had, a, they had a, a good big idea, like X is going to be the future. X will make or break your business in 10 years, mm-hmm. in the next 10 years. Right. The challenge for uh, for us was to say, okay, why? It was mm. crafting the argument that led up to that thesis. Right. So looking for the research, looking for the emerging trends, mm-hmm. and um, and really making that thesis feel inevitable. Mm. So yeah, you can you can pull a big idea out of thin air, but if you really want people to buy into it, you need to you need to uh, make the case for it. So that's, 
Um, so that's where I step in and it's, it's work I love to do again, like it's, it's taking that big idea and distilling it and trying to communicate it in a really clear and compelling way. Nice. So fun. And then after that, it, it's, it's just, you know, kind of, kind of teasing out the argument for 200 pages <laughs> or, or whatever, sharing examples, sharing more right. how to's, you know, every big idea book has some how to elements in it, you know, right, right. otherwise you're like, okay, cool. Now what, what do I do with mm -hmm. this information? Mm -hmm. So there's that piece too. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I help authors do help them refine that big idea, um, help them tease it out, help them build the case for it and then, uh, turn it into a full fledged book. And I, I really like the process. I feel like, uh, you're so into it, right? Like you're, it's more of like a debate. I think, I don't know why I'm coming back to product building. <laughs> it's, I think the process is looking like the similar, uh, to product building, which is you, you come up with a feature, you kind of like, you know, brainstorm a little bit, you check with, you know, a few friends, you ask for a little feedback, you add some elements to it. You basically, it's kind of like, you know, the tinkering process is a, is a similar one which you explained. Uh, you, you talked about positioning. So I'm hundred percent sure just like product, there are some, some variables that should be part of the formula, right? Like to make a successful book. So positioning is of course, one of them, I assume. And what are the things that you can, you can share, like that makes a book going from ideation to the process of writing to like really publishing, like distributing, like what are, what are some, uh, some variables, uh, successful variables? Sure. So any, any good book is not going to be the only book in its category. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there are a lot of books on positioning specifically, uh, mm -hmm. like positioning by Jack Trout and Al Reese, obviously awesome by April Dunford, mm -hmm. you know, any category is going to be any good category that's worth writing about is going to have quite a few books. So mm -hmm. it's not like you're, you're writing in a vacuum. It's not like you have to find a, a completely untapped blue ocean, you know, right. whatever. Cause chances are if no, someone hasn't written about the, a concept, maybe there's not a lot of interest there. Mm -hmm. Um, atomic habits, there's a lot of books on habit building. Um, mm -hmm. so what you are looking for when you're, when you're crafting a big idea for a book is, um, I think of it in four parts and you kind of find the unique, you kind of find like the middle of the Venn diagram of, of those four things. Mm -hmm. First of all, it's like, it's what you do. It's like what your expertise is, right? It's who you do it for. So whether that's, you know, content marketing for startups, whether that's, uh, uh, you know, positioning for startups, whether it's, you know, there's any number of things, whether it's philosophy for, uh, tech nerds, you know, you, you have that, uh, that's that Venn diagram there, what you do and for whom. Right. Um, another really big question and an important one is why you, so mm. why are you of all people writing about this topic? What, what, um, expertise and experience do you bring if you're if are you an expert in this field or are you the one spending five years doing the research to bring all the ideas mm -hmm. together that's really mm -hmm. important and then the last the last part of the venn diagram which um you could really dig into is why your audience should care mm -hmm. what is going to make them care about this which goes back to that big idea that that compelling concept you know, what is going to change about their life if they really buy into this mm. idea? So I think of like the big idea or I think of the question, why should they care as, you know, 
generally speaking, uh, humans care about four things. This, I'm really generalizing here. So, and I'm, and I'm no like, and I'm no like anthropologist or sociologist, but like generally speaking, people care about four things. They care about their health, right. their wealth, their time and their happiness. And also, generally speaking, people care about losing those things more than gaining them. So people care about losing money than gain, like making right. money. They right. care about losing their happiness than making it. So True. when you're trying to trying to develop why someone should care, I like to think about it in that frame. Like you, you can. Your goal ultimately is to take any any subject that you're writing about, say mm. writing, and frame it as how is this going to impact their health, wealth, time, and happiness. Right. And I, I, I can make the case for all four. And that's, you know, uh, Atomic Habits, James Clear does makes the same case <laughs> as well. Yeah. Big time, you know. So the, the closer you can connect why they should care to your big idea, the more strongly it's going to be um, re received. I love that. I love that. And I really like what you said about, you know, why should you care? And, and the thinking about gaining versus losing, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. I think, like you said, most people are are freaked about if they're losing something they already have, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there is a there is a tick there. I, I, I you know, and I, 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 overall, I feel like the thought process is amazing. You know, what you shared about gaining versus losing, and I love that. Let's talk about the book. You know, great founders, right? Uh, by the way, thanks for sending this. Really appreciate it. Haven't, My pleasure. I haven't dug deeper into it, but. Uh, one of you have things, a long plane ride coming up, so you have plenty of time. Exactly. Yeah, that's one of the things. I'm definitely carrying this book on the plane right back to India. Uh, so one of the concepts you mentioned in the book uh, is called ABC123 framework, right? Talk to me about that in detail. How did you come up with it and how can people use it? Yeah. So the ABC one, two, three framework is a copywriting framework. Actually, I'm so glad you brought this up because when it comes to care, making people care mm -hmm. is the copywriters of, of the world that have just mastered this right. Right. making people care with their words. Copywriting mm -hmm. is just sales at scale. It's using your words to persuade others to, right. to buy something. I like when that. I, when I ran, we content, my content marketing agency for, uh, for startups, you know, we wrote a lot of blog posts, but we also did like, um, we did web pages, we did landing pages and, um, we did white papers and all these pieces have elements of copy, whether you're writing a headline for a blog post or the header of a website, you mm -hmm. need to, you need to grab people's attention and draw them in. And I was struggling with what I was finding in the world of copywriting uh there's a lot of frameworks out there there's like the pais like the pain agitate interest solution there's like variations of that there's mm -hmm. aida uh attention interest uh oh my gosh i'm totally blanking there's all these like alphabet <laughs> <Yeah>. soups right, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and i know i added to the alphabet soup and numerical soup with abc one two three but the point is none of these things really felt like they matched a startup's experience for one all of right. these these famous copywriting frameworks were created like 50 years ago by uh, ad ad agencies working for like massive companies. Mm -hmm. So they had a very different challenge than a unknown startup. For one, their their brands typically had 
their com- their clients typically had brand recognition. Like mm-hmm. writing writing copy for IBM is a very different job than writing copy for a brand new um, you know AI startup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I realized that my clients and startups in general needed their own framework. We needed to hit some really specific points. Right. And over a few years, it ultimately distilled into the ABC one, two, three framework. So A stands for attention, right? It's how do you grab uh, eyeballs in a really noisy world? Mm-hmm. B is the big change. So similar to the big idea, the big change is, is uh, what is, uh, what is going around, uh, what's going on in the world around your customers, mm-hmm. something that is uh, causing this really urgent action to be taken. Mm-hmm. The C is uh, why care? So we already talked about that question a little bit. Mm -hmm. Why should I care about this? Mm -hmm. And then one, two, three are uh, really sharing your solution. So one is uh, is, stands for a solution. So you're talking about your features and your benefits and your your prototypical customer. Two stands for why you, so it rhymes. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, again, that's that's about, uh, you know, this is a really important part for any startup to uh, to hit on because you need to convince your customers to take a chance on your little company, your unknown brand. Right. So why use a really important piece that most copywriting frameworks don't hit on. Mm-hmm. And then three is urgency. So mm-hmm. cool. I care, but I'm really busy. Sure. I like, why am I going <laughs> to do this now? Right. And urgency is all about, um, evoking or provoking action right now. Mm. And any, any successful examples that you can, you can let people know about, okay, these are all, this is one example that really hits the nail in the coffin about like ABC one, two, three, right off the or any, any startup that you, that comes to your mind, who's like, damn, they're really good. Yeah. So not a startup, but a creator who just nails mm-hmm. this framework is Justin Moore. He is a, a sponsorship coach for influencers. Right. And I recommend everybody go look at his Twitter profile mm. and you will, you'll want to become an influencer just to work with him. He uses this <laughs> great line talking about why you should care. So in, the, in his title, in his, in his, uh, in his name, you know, right. right off the bat, he says, uh, sponsorship coach. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he's already grabbing attention. His, his profile is really colorful. So you, he draws people in his banner image, uh, <laughs> says I go from this, which is a sad face guy, like, mm, to this, which is Scrooge McDuck diving in a pile of money. <laughs> so he's like evoking this why care like oh, really, right. really well. Right. Uh, and then he goes on in his bio to say, uh, I will, I help you land your dream sponsorship mm. so you can stop leaving money on the table. Mm. Not so you can make more money, but you're literally right. losing money by not working with me. Mm. Right. So it's brilliant. He grabs your attention. Right. Uh, you know, he talks a lot in his, um, in his content about, uh, the way brands want to work with influencers today. So he evokes that like big change. He's all about making you care deeply about making more money or or stopping losing money, finding happiness or stop being sad. Um, his solutions are really clear. His calls to action are, are just crystal clear. Mm -hmm. Um, why you he's, you know, he has, he, he built his own brand. He shares that in his profile. He has, he's sponsorship coach. He shares all the time about these big brands, brand deals that he, he, um, that he brokers. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the urgency is, uh, you know, every week he's sending out brand deals. Mm-hmm. So the next email in three days or today could be the one that like breaks your career wide open. So nice. he just nails it. I think that's a great example. I, I, I draw a lot of inspiration from all of his content. Yeah. Really awesome. Awesome human being. Yeah. Too, we'll, so. we'll, we'll link his profile in the, in the, in the show notes here. Uh, I love that. Yeah, I feel like there are like so many people uh, that are very smart at like signaling these things, like grabbing attention, like via through a banner or whatever you said, like, you know, with a good profile photo and whatnot. So you you also mentioned about, uh, I'm just curious about one thing. So copywriting, I assume is different from book writing, right? Is it like, is it mm. the same or is it like, is, is it different? Honestly, it's... There's elements of copywriting in building a book, writing a great title. More importantly, writing a great subtitle hmm. is copywriting. You need to grab your grab attention. Right. Everything on the book cover is copywriting. Grabbing attention, um, you need to you need to uh, at least like hint that there's some like big thing that your readers don't know about that's changing in their world. Right. You need to tell them why they're going to care, how this is going to change their life. Right. That's why even when you're writing a how-to book, mm-hmm. which is, you, again, how to build a website, right. it's not enough to just say how to build a website and assume that your, mm. writer, your reader is going to care. Why should I build a website? Right. I, I was a little, I, there was actually someone in my writing course a couple months back who had like, who's building a, a branding consulting firm Mm -hmm. and was so busy she literally didn't have time to build a website she didn't have a website (laughs) but she was so busy she didn't need one so like someone like her like why why would she build a website right so like don't take it i say that to say like don't don't assume that your reader is going to care about the subject Mm. you really and that's where copywriting comes in making them care making it urgent pick this up now right um but the rest of the book it's more, um, you know, it's, it's narrative based. So it's right. telling great stories and then, it, and then it's expository. So it's creating strong arguments, right? It's building a case for this big idea, this thesis in your book, which is not really copywriting. That's, um, I think that I, I, I try to keep, I try to keep copywriting in its, in its own frame in its own box where it's, it's using words to sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I've heard people say like everything is copywriting. And if you say that, like then nothing means anything. Um, and and honestly, I think it's hindering your ability to communicate clearly because you and I talking right now is not copywriting, right? You know, we're having, we're having a a conversation. conversation. I'm not even persuading really. I'm, I'm more storytelling than anything. Right. So you need to have like these different tools, these different communication tools in your bag to, to pull them out at, at the right time. I think copywriting is kind of like a, like punching in my opinion it's like it's like one two punches you have like this this limited set of words but you make the most impact on a reader right, on the other right. end storytelling is or book 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 writing it's kind of like you're narrating you're expressing you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I feel that's how i differentiate in a way and i feel uh many people on twitter right now with with writing tweets under 250 characters 280 characters they are very they're becoming great copywriters in a way like yeah. not knowingly right like but on the other spectrum you have these you know like take 
I don't know who's 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 a, who's an amazing writer. Uh, uh, man, I'm blanking, but there are like so many other hundreds of writers who just narrate their stories. Like take Packy McCormick, for example. Like he he kind of narrates a startup story in his own way, right? Like in his own flavor. So I love that. Uh, yeah, Matt, Matt Conwell is another really good writer. He's not even, he probably wouldn't even call himself a writer. He's a VC by, mm-hmm. by his day job, but amazing storyteller uh, worth following. Yeah, as I well. feel the ABC, the, the framework you just mentioned really applies for uh, website writing, like, you know, writing copy on the website, mm-hmm. writing copy on the internet, like just in general. And mm-hmm. I, I think I really like the way you put things up. So it's so structural. I love that. So let's talk about your cohort. Like you wrote the book, you know, I'm, I'm sure like lot many, lot many founders found it really benefit, benefit of it, good benefit out of it. Why cohort? Like how did that transition happen? Like, okay, book to cohort. Great question. I mean, I actually, the cohort, Great Founders Right, came out, started before I even published the book. Really? I had written the book already. Yeah, uh, the Great Founders Right cohort started in June, 2022, and the book finally came out in December. Oh, uh, okay. One, one of the reasons why uh, I wanted to build the cohort was I have this thesis in Damn Gravity, uh, our publishing company, that um, that to, you know the best route for an author is actually to expand your IP to mm-hmm. other products and services, mm-hmm. whether that's courses or coaching or, right. or, you know, premium content and things like that. So I wanted to test that out. I'm just like my own guinea pig, you know? <laughs> um, so, uh, so I wanted to test that out, but then what I found was in, and this is why I would recommend a lot of authors to, to consider a course or a cohort. Mm-hmm. I learned so much about my own material when it went from book material to teaching material. Mm. And honestly, like I rewrote most of the book after I started that cohort based on things I learned about teaching the material. So I cut a lot. Mm. I, I made the step-by-step how to elements of the book a lot more clear and logical. Mm. And, uh, I, it forced me to find better and better examples of the concepts I was sharing. So the cohort brought the material to life for me. And I think, you know, and this goes both ways. Like it, I think right. it also brought the material uh, alive for anyone who uh, has read the book, hmm. but as an author, it was invaluable, especially for an author of a big idea book. Who's right. you know, trying to, you know, teach something. To actually teach it face to face is uh, it takes a lot of focus and um, it takes a lot of clarity. Not to mention, I had to distill these lessons into like fifteen or twenty minutes because that's all we had every week. So, like, mm. it really forced me to cut down. And one piece of feedback I've gotten on the book so far is that it's like dense. Like, it's not very long; it's two hundred some pages, yeah, but it is really just like a... there's not a single there, yeah there's right. there's not a lot of fluff in there because I spent a lot of time cutting that fluff out. Mm, interesting. I really like and the what cohort you said. help with that. No, I think it's you, you. You kind of put an idea in my head. I feel like uh, it's like stand-up comedians go to these, you know, small bars or small like stages in New York, right? Like just to test their material. And they, if they hear a good laugh, 
okay this is going in my main set if they like okay people are mumbling we're killing this i really like that approach but i i feel like i you kind of install this idea of authors or writers about writers who can test their material with cohorts with establishing this tight feedback loop like how many people are reacting and the beauty about cohort is everybody is paid so they have skin in the game so they demand your excellence right they say hey man this is like this shit like why are you teaching this we need more content more material more examples so in a way you're crafting uh the book in public you know and the about to come yeah. come out book i love that i i think uh it's clever it's clever way of looking at it and will will the cohort help you to like design the the contents of the index or like you know the chapters how did that that happen like and i i see your index page six so damn clear it's like table of contents so damn clear it's like right with purpose right with empathy right with clarity right with courage and that's it so it's like so precise and crisp was this always the case or even the cohort helped uh, in making that super super specific and clear yeah so i think if you are someone just starting your the book journey the author journey and uh, you had a cohort or you like wanted to start with a cohort mm-hmm. i think it absolutely would help you uh, craft the table of contents and to your point yeah we got feedback on certain uh you know certain lessons that mm-hmm. that's just like it didn't hold up uh so we we fixed it and then you know i it ended up you know i ended up fixing it in the book as well for my weird experience i i, I started writing great founders right uh in like january of t- two years ago now january of 2021 so i had i had over a year of working on the book before the cohort started right. um in that time i was actually writing in public as well so i had a lot of i probably a hundred beta readers mm. uh read uh i i gave out my first chapter i think you know a, a few months after i started um started getting information on i uh I hired multiple editors to read through it, uh, to give me feedback. I cut an entire chapter out of the book because mm. of that like feedback it. that just didn't fit. So, um, so those experience that feedback absolutely crafted it. And so if I had taken a slightly different path with the cohort starting earlier, mm-hmm. um, I think of like Tiago Forte, who ran a cohort for like four or five years before actually writing his book, building a second brain, mm-hmm. I guarantee right. that the cohort, uh, influenced table of contents right for me I, I had slightly different sources my own experience with writing and helping founders write and then all that all that feedback i was getting from writing in public writing a sub stack writing on twitter asking for beta readers on my on my chapters right to um to distill the the table of contents and to make sure that there was no fluff yeah i love that as I little think, fluff as possible i think keeping keeping the readers in the loop is really important and that's why i'm a big big proponent of doing anything in public because you know you can definitely do things in silo or in stealth but you get more impact when you expose or you know tra- being transparent with 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 the folks right i love that so i want to ask this question uh i know i have like my own uh reasons for this question uh for this you know like idea behind that question but i want to hear your Uh, view on it why do you think founders should write 
<laughs> oh man, loaded question. Well, I have 200 pages to try to convince you why this should write. But if I had to sum it up, um, great founders write because the act of starting a business is first and foremost an act of, of a clear idea well executed. Mm -hmm. And writing is a meta tool for that process. Mm -hmm. There's a level, there's several layers to this, but I think the first one is that, you know, writing is a meta skill. Mm -hmm. you, when you learn to write, you learn to think more clearly, mm -hmm. which impacts every part of your, um, every part of your life. And especially if you're building a company, right? So do you, uh, you know, there's a, I have a whole chapter on writing for yourself, right? It's towards the end of the book, but I think it's going to be, I think it's one of the favorites of the book and it's just a bunch of writing exercises for you to mm. gain uh to spark your creativity to build gratitude to deal mm -hmm. with anxiety mm -hmm. uh and uh to uh, work with your team to strategize mm -hmm. so writing becomes this this uh multi-purpose tool for you right. when you're when you're writing and then once you start building a company writing is our most uh, most used form of communication mm -hmm. today, mm -hmm. especially now that so many teams are working remotely. And even if your team's not remote, you have suppliers who are remote or subcontractors yep. who are remote. Your customers are remote. Right. So much of our, our life is spent writing. Mm -hmm. And it actually makes you think like if you're, if you are a, a founder and your job is to, uh, to build relationships and sell customers and to lead your team, and you're writing every single day, why aren't you investing in the skill to write more clearly, build more empathy for your readers and, um, you know, work that muscle of, of saying what needs to be said, even when it's hard. Right. And I, um, it's the tool, it's a tool you use every single right, day. Right. No, I, I completely agree. I feel if you, in, I, I interviewed David Perel on this podcast and he's one of those few people who actually inspired me to write, even though I have like no idea how so to cool. write, like, you know, because of him, he's, his, his fundamental belief is, uh, if you are part of the internet, you have to contribute. And one of the ways to contribute is through writing, right? Like through writing, you don't have to necessarily write like big ass things, right? To your, uh, you know, passion, like, you know, I, I, I don't write, I, I write, I love writing tweets, like one-liners or like, you know, this little small paragraphs in 280 characters in any form of expression counts. And after I started doing that, oh my God, I, sh the, the whole, like, you know, my mind shift changed towards myself and people treating me as well. So there is, there are like so many intangible benefits of expressing yourself on the internet and through writing, I think is among, I think one of the greatest forms, I believe. Question to you, and the follow-up question there is: I know I'm convinced. You, you know, I'm I'm 100. That's why I want to like this year write more. You know, hopefully, right, start a newsletter or like have this habit of writing little lengthier posts than just Twitter threads. Uh, so we are in a very fast-paced uh, world, right? Like everybody's pretty occupied. Founders, especially, are doing tons of things. They just don't do one thing at a time. Any tips you can give for founders to prioritize writing and make it more of like part of their routine 
instead of like it's 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 not like a thing they have time and they just like you know focus on it's it's really like part of their lifestyle yeah that's a great question and that's something we really address in the cohort because everybody who's joining wants to write more but the 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 question of our time is how to to, <laughs> to your point like how do you how do you even find time to write and you know i don't have kids i have a rather needy dog i know that's not the same at all mm-hmm. uh, so like for for a lot of folks uh it's the, their time is even more mm-hmm. strapped mm-hmm. so there's you know there's no one size fits all strategy but here's a couple right. that i really like first i'm a big believer in setting like embarrassingly small goals for mm. yourself daily. <laughs> so for example, last year when I was trying to get back in shape, I set the goal to do like 50 push-ups a day, which takes me like four minutes. Mm. And for someone else, it might be like 50 crunches or, mm-hmm. or, you know, 20 air squats, just something so small right. you can do literally no matter what. <laughs> Whether you are, whether you are half asleep or you right. are in the shower or whatever, just something that you can do embarrassingly small. Like mm. I'm, I'm, I'm literally embarrassed to even tell people like, yeah, I'm working out every day. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> 50 pushups. But what that does is it builds the habit right? and it builds momentum for yourself. And most days you'll right. find once you get into that habit, you'll actually really start to exceed it. Mm-hmm. So what you could do with writing, if you really, if you really want to commit to writing more, I would set an embarrassing, embarrassingly small goal for yourself, like mm. a sentence. Mm. I don't know, like it's, it's the smaller, the better, right? A sentence right. or write a hundred words if you're right. typing it out and a hundred words might take you four minutes mm. and you could, it could just be a complete stream of consciousness, uh, what you're writing. So set an embarrassingly small goal for yourself. I think that's a great place to start. I love that. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now, if you're like a lot of people here's, uh, who who um, finds that writing takes them forever, that's that's a challenge for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, they want to write a blog post and they write every, occasionally, but it took them four hours. So they just right. they just simply can't make <laughs> enough time for that. Uh, one uh, one tool that I love, I learned this from my cohort partner grant nisley who actually runs a company that builds writing cohorts so mm-hmm. check his stuff out because yeah. um if you uh, you know he's done a lot of great work but um but we use a tool called the bullet draft in our cohort where the idea is to not get stuck in the formatting of your writing mm. instead the first step once you have that idea say i want to write about wine you know my favorite wines from 2022 instead Mm. of worrying about like what the paragraphs are going to look like is this going to be a blog post a twitter thread you know uh what's my story that i'm going to lead with instead of worrying about all that stuff that makes up like a finished piece Mm -hmm. just create a bulleted list of any idea that comes to mind for you set a timer for like 10 minutes Mm. pull out a document you could use a you could use a piece of paper if you want but pull out a notion document a google document whatever you want set a timer and just write bullet points, every idea that comes to mind. Mm. And what this does is help you collect raw material for the piece itself. Mm. This is almost like your first draft and you'll find the ideas come so much easier when all you're worried about is collecting ideas, not formatting, not sentence structures, not completing right full sentences. doesn't matter if you repeat yourself. So when you do this, don't like delete things, 
don't like rephrase things. Try not to even pause. This should be like a creative sprint. You should be almost like exhausted after you create this bullet draft. Hmm. And what you'll find is like at the end of it, you'll have like 15 to 20 or more bullets. And from there, it's so much easier hmm. to go and create your piece. Because where we often get stuck is this like this ideation and writing and editing like vicious cycle. We try to do everything at once. We're coming right. up with our ideas and we're writing them down, but then we're editing ourselves at the same time. And that's really hard. That, that wastes time. Mm-hmm. So like you delete things and you rewrite, you delete, you rewrite. I mean, when I first started writing professionally, it would take me weeks to write a blog post sometimes because I'd mm. get caught in this vicious cycle. And um, I finally learned I needed to break up that process by creating a bullet draft uh, writing without editing and then editing in a completely separate state. So I guess it's sort of like two, two tips there at once, write a bullet draft, but then also break up the writing process into ideation, into writing and into editing separately. I like it. I, I like it so much. I think I'm going to take up your advice on putting embarrassing goals. I feel that's one problem I face. I feel like, you know, if, if, if you work on something you're not really good at, but you have a desire to work on it. You you are lost by putting these insane goals because you don't know where to start, right? Like in a way, uh, if you ask me about like, how do you do product building? I would literally give the same advice because I've built 15 plus products before. And the way I start is like really, 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 really like, you know, buy a domain. That's it. That's the win for that day. Secure the domain and that's it. You know, right? Tiniest a tiniest little step. Tiniest little step. I feel that's a great point. It applies for pretty much everything. If you want to start something new and make it a habit, that's how, uh, you know, Atomic Habits, the book, it talks about a lot uh, in securing these small wins, which which really, really, really moves the needle. Uh, it's, it's about the inches, not the entire thing, right? Like, you know, so moving one inch at a time. Love that. Uh, what one tip you want to give? to founders like who are listening, uh, whether they are already writing or they're in the verge of like, okay, you know, I want to become a writer. Uh, any, any particular tip, specific tip that, that you encountered that you want to share? Wow. I have, there's a lot I could say. And, you know, uh, I also do writing coaching occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work with founders who want to write more and believe it or not, like, what most people need to hear is that like, they're just, they're doing well enough. Mm. They need you know, so many of us, myself included. I told you, you know, I ran a content marketing agency for two years before I mustered up the courage mm. to just call myself a writer. I was writing like six blog posts a week and like work mm. in like in editing like 10 more. Right. Uh, and I just never, I never felt like I could call myself a writer. I think, I think we have this, this, this like unrealistic expectation of what a writer is. Like you have to be Ernest Hemingway right. or Doris Kearns Goodwin or, uh, you know, or Walt Whitman to be considered a writer. And if you are putting words on a page and sharing them with the world, right. Right. Again, if you go back to what we talked about in the beginning, if you are following your curiosity, finding big ideas, doing your best to share them in mm-hmm. a way that's clear and empathetic and courageous, if you're doing that work, you're a writer and that's, that's mm-hmm. enough. That's all you need to be doing. So just keep doing it. 
that's that's really all you need. And <laughs> you know, so much so much of my work with writers is is just reminding them of that. I like that. I really like it a lot. I feel uh, it's just those that positive reinforcement, like, hey, you can do it, you know, and we are with you. I feel that's why community plays a lot of role. And I, I feel like cohorts is somewhere like people can keep each other accountable and support each other and like kind of like, you know, grow and progress. Ben, this has been a blast. I love, love learning a lot from you, especially like, you know, those tiny goals. I think you kind of hit on the right spot as you know to me as as a listener uh i love this conversation i'm going to like dig, dig deeper into the book as well thanks again for sending it uh last thing where can where can people find you any closing thoughts you want to share yeah this has been awesome Sharath. i'm so glad we got to meet i feel like I, i've i've been twitter stalking you for like two <laughs> years now so i'm so glad i had a chance to meet you uh i'm on twitter at uh benjamin patano mm-hmm. P-U-T-A-N-O. That's the main place. Uh, you can also email me if you want at ben at damngravity.com. Uh, if you're interested, if you're an entrepreneur is interested in writing a book for your personal brand or to build your company's brand, you can go to damngravity.com and learn more about that. And then you can find Great Founders Write, my book, on Amazon, Apple, Mu- uh, Apple iBooks, anywhere you buy books. Um, you'll awesome. be able to grab it. Yeah, we'll put everything in the in the show notes and yeah this has been blast like i said there are like so many nuggets and i think those are all very obvious for many people but this i think the realization is really important not the the fact that those are those are there it's about like really really digesting inside your mind and like really implementing it so for me i i'm actually publicly like you know keeping myself accountable once i come back from india i will start like writing a uh, hundred words a day, like very simple, like very, 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 like, you know, small, tiny, uh, tiny articles about my experience. So, uh, and yeah, thanks for, thanks, Ben. Thanks for sharing all the knowledge and wisdom with us. And for folks who are listening, thanks for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned for another episode. All right. Thanks, Sharath. See you, everybody. <laughs>